Welcome back to another episode of the Drunk Friend Podcast, number 15. As always, we are your hosts. I'm Travis, joined by Alex. Alex, how's it going? It's going. How are you? Yeah, better better this time than last time. I know last week you sounded like work was giving you a hard time. Uh, well, I think maybe the work bled over to uh, the podcast last week because um, some sort of mysterious force ended up warping my voice and pitching it down, not only on the the recorded version of the podcast, but on the live mic as you and uh, Topspin were talking to me, which is intensely strange. Top spot, yeah. It is really weird, yeah. And I'm not sure how that happened. I, actually, I'm kind of sure what happened. I'm not going to bore anybody with the details, but it was. I, I just want to call, call attention to that and make the audience realize like hey we know that was really weird <laughs> and we're sorry and we're trying we're making efforts to make sure it doesn't happen again or at least i am because it was my fault yeah it was it was kind of crazy being uh top spot and i we were just you know t- chatting with you and then all of a sudden you were like hey something something snes video games Minneapolis, hockey and then all of a sudden it was like hey you guys are <laughs> i mean it was just like a warped demented and uh I sent a message. I was like, "Hey, man, did your you know was your soul taken by Satan, or did you get pitched down? Like, what happened?" Oh yeah, Satan stopped by and was like, "Hey, bro, need your soul for a second. And I was just like, "Sweet, sweet deal. What do I get out of it?" And he's like, "You can drink all the liquor in the world." <laughs> it's like Homer Simpson with the donuts. That's right. <laughs> More. Oh, oh, oh. Speaking of liquor, is Pearl? Uh, is she made any fun drinks for you tonight? She is going crazy making the most delicious drinks possible. She mixed something with, um, what is that stuff called? It's like the sweet sweet sauce or something like that. I, I'm butchering the names. Michelle is going to be syrup? so... Yes, sweet syrup, yeah. <laughs> She's going to be so disappointed in me. Um, she mixed that with pear <laughs> vodka and um, uh, violets, uh, cream de violette, I think it was. And um, we're also mixing... Uh, Irish whiskey, the Glenlivet with um, uh, yellow chartreuse. So I feel like I'm in an episode wow. of Frasier right now talking about these fancy drinks, but it, it they are, both drinks are delicious, and Pearl is a godsend. She's wonderful at making these. And uh, we have our friend Michelle to thank for that because she is always coming up with uh, great drink ideas for us. So thanks, Michelle. Yeah, dude, she's been great in the old Polykill Discord, and I gotta say, man, the the chartreuse and and the whiskey and all that. Stuff, I mean, it sounds like you, you by this point, those type of drinks, like you should own your own golf course. Like I feel like <laughs> that that those those drinks are kind of status drinks, you know. Like you have to drive a sports car, sip on that a little bit. Well, like there's something about drinking those drinks and then then still sitting on your like cat hair covered couch watching <laughs> Ninety Day Fiance. You know, it, it feels like. The rest of my life should also be upgraded if I'm going to drink those things. Oh, on my granite floors with my refrigerated air, you know, cooling my house. (laughs) Yeah, it's... By the way, refrigerated air is very uncommon in Albuquerque. We have swamp coolers here, and uh, as a result of these crappy swamp coolers, it's about 82 degrees in my house right now, so I am sweating 
sweating to the oldies right now. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, you're sweating out all that uh, <laughs> all, all that, that alcohol. Liquor. What's the weather like in uh, where in your part of the in the woods over there? <laughs> yeah, well, I am in the woods, uh, Virginia. Yeah, um, it's not bad. It's it's humid most of the time. That's Oof. the thing. But but it's all right. It's pretty temperate. I, I you know kind of live in the hills, so I get a little bit of everything. Is it like 80s, um, 70s? Uh, it's 77 outside right now. That so sounds not really too, com- not too bad. That sounds really comfortable. I think it's about ninety-seven out here <laughs> right now. <laughs> so it's about yeah, I believe it. It's mid eighties in the in the house. So oh well, well I'll, I'll live. <laughs> it's it's old, two old guys talking about the weather again. <laughs> I'm actually drinking a new realm. Uh, I've never had this before. It's a new realm brewing company. Is the name of it? It's in mm. a can. Got it. Got a little twelve pack variety pack, and I'm drinking a Hoptropolis. IPA, so that's fun. Well, Juicy we just hops. lost our Sam Adams endorsement. Uh, they, I just got an email yeah. right now. The second you said <laughs> that, saying, "How dare you?" No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, now, that's you know that. Uh, I was pretty happy to see that variety pack come to an end. To be quite honest with you, so sorry, <laughs> Sam. Sorry about that. Sam but, uh, Adams himself is turning in his grave. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, that sounds good. That sounds. I've never heard of that stuff before. That sounds good though. Yeah, me neither. It snuck right up on me. Nice. Actually, the the only reason I could I got this this is not really a good story or a funny story. But when I was at the supermarket, I was going to get get a twelve pack of beer or a crate of, or a case of of beer. Uh, part of like most of the coolers were blocked off because the guy that was stocking them had dropped a box and there was like beer and glass everywhere. Ooh. So I couldn't get to any others except this one. So oh, wow. God said, take this home. That was that was the sign from the good Lord. I'm sure. <laughs> So, it had to anyway. be. Anyway. Yeah. Was there a light coming from the sky spotlighting that particular? <laughs> oh, I was like, is that a voice a in the cooler? Angels? Yeah, it was just like that. So anyway, I didn't get it for free, though. The, the angels could have helped out a little ah, more if you asked me. But angels, know, at, least pick, to pay for it. at least pick up the bill, angels. Come on. If you're going to sing from the Seriously. heavens, just at, at least you know fork over some cash. Toss a fiver in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, speaking of tossing money at things uh super game station of course we have the drunk five discount code if you go to uh, supergamestation.com for the rest of this month i know there's only a couple days left but for the rest of this month you can go there get some retro games we know you know it's you can't get out thrifting these days you can't go to the flea market but you can go to supergamestation.com use that drunk five discount code for five percent off and i mentioned that again uh because it seems like one of our listeners out there some high roller Probably drinking chartreuse mixed with whatever whatever whiskey. Uh, you know, they went out and they got an Earthbound from that website, which is pretty incredible. I got a text from, from Super Game Station that was like, dude, you won't believe what just happened. So that's cool. Whoever out there got that Earthbound um, with the with the discount code, that's awesome. We appreciate it. That's so cool. I love it. That's that's really, really cool. You're helping out a local business, first of all, which is tremendous. Yeah. And uh and I'm looking at the website now, and uh, I can't help but be selfishly consumed by the fact that Uncharted Waters New Horizons is still on the website for $39.99. If any of you out there listening buy that game, I will come to your house and give you a good talking to <laughs> because I want that <laughs> game. I just have to wait until the end of the week before I, uh, you know, before my... Uh, 
paycheck comes in and I want to make sure I get it. But Uncharted Waters New Horizons is, is a very, very good game. It's one of the rare uh, Kawhi games that's actually very good. And it's an open-ended... <laughs> it's an open-ended... You mean it's not boring as hell? Yeah, it's not it's boring not as hell. It's not just maps for hours? Yes, with a broken-ass UI that's like impossible to use. <laughs> Um, no, this game is actually really good. It's really fun. And um, the uh, uh, soundtrack is amazing. And um, it's, a, it's a fantastic game because it's, it's like the Super Nintendo version of uh, Pirates. Uh, Sid Meier's Pirates, I should say. It's, oh, yeah. it's not quite as polished as that, but it is pretty dang good. It's a really fun game. I don't own it on cartridge, but I have played it a lot, and I've always wanted to own it. I think $40 is a fair price for that game, considering the amount of content it has, because it's a rare, open-ended 16-bit game. So I, I really, really want to get this. I just... Please don't get it <laughs> before I do. Listen, if you do, that's fine. I'm just you know being facetious <laughs> and whatever. You can, yeah, enjoy the game. But I really want to get it, and I want to get it from this place. So just thought I'd throw that out there. Say. You, you come into someone's house and give them a stern talking to. That, that could be a kink, you know? That could be you, you could put that could be a Patreon perk for you if you really wanted to. People a stern talking you, you, to. Listen, you son. You get some weird requests. It's going to be like uh, Mongo when he approaches British Bulldog in the in the garage. <laughs> Listen, son. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so good. If you inside uh, joke to, there, to to let the yeah to let the audience in on that, <laughs> you have to check out what will Mongo do next on Twitter. It's just a series of oh, it's my gifs and and videos of maybe the worst <laughs> tech. You know, the, the most I don't know. He just he, he's a terrible wrestler, but he's he's entertaining because he doesn't know what he's doing. It's like it's hilarious. It's okay. like the mystery science theater of wrestling. It's 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 a delight. It's every clip is just hysterically funny because he's so awkward. And he's not a natural wrestler. He's a football player. Like, you know, he was the nose tackle for the uh, Chicago Bears throughout the 80s and early 90s. And he, he decided it would be a good idea to get into wrestling, I guess. And he just, he's such an awkward fit for pro wrestling. And it shows. Every instance of every one of his matches shows. Uh, and it's it's just hysterical. And he, there's this one, my favorite clip of all time of him is when... WCW apparently was like, okay, let's put you in a feud with British Bulldog. We don't know what else to do with you, so go fight Bulldog. I was like, mm, okay. So he goes, <laughs> he walks in, you know, Bulldog's just hanging out, having his coffee, having a nice, uh, having a nice <laughs> evening, I guess. And Mongo just walks off, just walks up to him and just starts talking like, listen, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't sit there drinking coffee when a man's talking to you boy and he he slaps the coffee out of his out of his hand and they start brawling and even the announcers are like oh boy here we go it's mongo and bulldog oh boy you know they they can't work up any enthusiasm because it's so lame and it's i just can't get enough of it because it's just so funny <laughs> Yeah, he, he, everything he does is bad. Technique, the things he says, the way he walks seems bad. Yeah, he's just—he's <laughs> just an awkward guy, awkward dude. Yeah, he's <laughs> just not—he's athletic, but athletic in a weird way. I guess is the best way to put it. But yeah, yeah, we 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 digress. <laughs> Mong, yeah. Mongo's a fun guy, but uh, yeah, that that Twitter account is has really made my my month my quarantine basically. <laughs> Speaking of awkward, this transition into emails. Um, 
<laughs> we have a few from some listeners. I'll get started here. One from Matt. We read the first part of Matt's email uh, last episode. We're going to finish it off right here. Uh, he goes on to say, I did actually have a retro video game related question for your retro video game related podcast. I purchased a PS1 classic recently when I was growing up. I didn't own one, but many of my friends had them. So I had a decent amount of exposure to many of the games. What are your thoughts on the PS1 classic? I know there are a lot of strong feelings about the stock lineup, which admittedly isn't that great, but it did capture a lot of the essentials. He lists Metal Gear, Final Fantasy VII, Tekken, and Resident Evil, and goes on to say, but definitely leaves a lot to be desired. In relation to that, what are your must-ads for the PS lineup? Cheers, gents. Matt. So quickly, do you have do you have a list, like a short list of games that maybe should have been on there that was not? I think with, uh, I don't know the PS1 classic lineup front and back off the top of my head, so I would have to look it up, but... When I think of PlayStation, I think of RPGs, and as much, uh, you know, I have a lot of conflicted feelings and emotions about Chrono Cross, but I think it needed to be on there. Um, I think as long as you don't think of that game as a direct Chrono Trigger sequel, I think it's a good enough game uh, on its own. I think stuff like Vagrant Story definitely deserved a spot on there. I think stuff like Breath of Fire 3... um, some more of the fine fi- is Final Fantasy Nine on there, because that is one of the most understated, uh, one of the better Final Fantasy games, uh, of the time. Nine was I don't really think so. Good. I think Final Fantasy Seven is the only Final Fantasy mm. on there. Yeah, I would definitely put Nine on there. Um, other than that, yeah, I would just think of uh, um, RPGs like uh, I- I'm trying to find the list here to see if like Xenogears and even that stuff is on there. I'm guessing not. Um, but yeah, just yeah, no Xenogears. Yeah, more RPGs is what I would say. Uh, more roleplay because that's what I think of when I think of PlayStation. It was kind of the golden age of a lot of those bigger. You know, it was it felt like a continuation of what the Super Nintendo started with uh, games like uh, Breath of Fire Two, Lufia Two, Chrono Trigger, uh, all that sort of stuff. So. Yeah, the fact that that was kind of ignored. Yeah, I'm looking at the list now. Oh, geez. Yeah, there's nothing on here for. I mean, Saga Frontier. What? Yeah, Wild Arms. Oh, Wild Arms is good. Yeah, the Saga Frontier was on the the Japanese release. Why? Oof, that's that's rough. Siphon Filter is good though. That's a good one. Um, but yeah, just more role playing game stuff is what I wish was on there. What about you? Um, I'm surprised that Parasite Eve is not on the North American version. That's a surprise. That would have been yeah. a good ad. Uh, when I think of the PS1, I actually think a little bit more um, some of the platformers and stuff. Like, you know, well, if you consider Tomb Raider a platformer, I mean, it's mostly that. Um, Tomb Raider, though, is, is a game that I think of uh, the whole series. For sure. PS1. Yeah. And Crash and uh, Spyro. I know there's, you know, there's certainly licensing issues and all that stuff that comes into play with that but those are the games that i think of when i think of the ps1 so yeah it's it's not a great lineup i mean there's really maybe even medieval then maybe that's kind of niche but i think of that <laughs> game too i've never even heard of that what is but that yeah. what is that game oh it's like a um i don't know I, it's sort of an open i don't even really know how to explain it to be honest with you but you're <laughs> like a little skeleton guy it's kind of like goofy spooky um hmm. 3d action oh Sorry to put you on the spot there. I, I was just like, hey, that sounds cool. But 
yeah, I'm not seeing a lot of... <laughs> it's pretty cool, actually, yeah. I'm not seeing a lot of other stuff here. Like, okay, Rayman, that's good. Resident Evil Director's Cut, that's good. And then there's, like, uh, <laughs> Jumping Flash, Intelligent Cube, huh? Like, it's just some very strange choices here. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Very odd. For sure. Uh, next one from Captain. He's emailed us before. Thank you, Captain, for reaching back out. We always appreciate it. He I- says, hello again, guys. After listening to your podcast today, I decided to listen to another one. The uh, Not ours. He listened to the uh, Completely Unnecessary podcast with Pat Contry and Ian Ferguson. Two good guys there. Yeah, it's good and guys. And Pat mentioned... Two good guys there. And Pat mentioned a new wrestling game coming out soon. It's called Retromania Wrestling and is the direct sequel to WWF WrestleFest. I know Alex has covered that game in the past, but I thought I'd let you guys know in case it wasn't on your radar. Great podcast again today, Captain. So what do you think of Retro Mania Wrestling? I know graphically, just looking at screenshots for me, it passes the eye test. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it definitely passes the eye test. It looks like the initial release date is sometime in July 2020. I'm really excited for this because I love WrestleFest. It's, it's very simple gameplay. I, I would almost say it's button mash gameplay, but the, the big selling point was the pixel art. It was the larger than, larger than life sprites it was uh you know you got mr perfect and big boss man and demolition and legion of doom and all those guys and we do in fact have legion of doom in retromania wrestling and it looks fantastic it's on switch ps4 xbox and pc and i swear i'm not being paid to uh (laughs) say this and what i really like is that there's yeah (laughs) there's a bunch of ecw guys in this from the blue world order when Back when ECW was really hitting its stride in the mid-90s when they were like a parody of mainstream wrestling, uh, they uh, their spin on the New World Order was the Blue World Order. And so they had uh, Big Stevie Cool instead of Big Daddy Cool, uh, Stevie Richards. And he I, he's one of my all-time favorites. He's, I love Stevie Richards. And um, there's also the Blue Meanie and... Um, I forget the third guy, but it's not in front of me at the moment. But um, Hollywood Nova, Hollywood Nova, yeah, Supernova became uh, Hollywood Nova. Yeah, he he's a very good uh, a wrestler, and we've also got guys like Colt Cabana, Tommy Dr- Tommy Dreamer, another ECW guy, uh, Austin Idol. Holy cow, that's a name from the past. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of and Johnny Retro. Is that a a spin on like Johnny Nitro? That's crazy. Yeah, I'm really excited for this game. Oh yeah, uh, it really looks good, and I'm excited to the the pixel art especially is you can't help but be excited when you see it. So yeah, heck yeah, I I I may do a Thursday video on this once it comes out because I love this kind of stuff. It's right up my alley. Awesome man, yeah, glad to hear it. I'd be excited to see see a, a video on this one. Uh, I don't. You know, I don't know a lot of the the references to this. I'm pretty into wrestling, but I was never that much into ECW, so uh, this is kind of new territory for me. But it does look great. Definitely looks great. Let me read this next email here. We've got um, uh, another email from our friend Jono. He's written before. He says, hey there, drunk friends. Got to say I'm loving the fact that you don't feel you are entirely tied to talking only about gaming on the podcast. 
We definitely don't. <laughs> it allows you to actually ha uh, just have a conversation, which gives the whole show a far more comfortable feel. Anyway, my question for you is, what are the biggest misconceptions that people have about people who have careers in YouTube? Have a great weekend, Jono. Do you want to go first? Well, I wouldn't say that we have uh, careers per se. I mean, yeah. we have like... I guess if we if we like stopped uh, putting up YouTube videos, we might say our YouTube career has come to an end. Yeah. But it's not like all we do, right? Yeah. So maybe that's what he means. Um, if I were to point to like a misconception, it might be that YouTubing is our only hobby. Like I mm. know, and this is true for for when I think of you, Alex, because you've been doing SNES Drunk for so long. I associate you at this point with the face of Hagar and the logo of the Super <laughs> Nintendo, like. Like, everything about you and your videos is now somewhat synonymous with the Super Nintendo as a whole. And so if you were to tell me, like, yeah, and on the weekends I like to go fishing, I'd be like, no way. <laughs> There's no way. First of all, you don't have the time for that. And two, you're only Super Nintendo. That's all you think about. I know this because that's all about you I've been exposed to. So I think I think that's, that's kind of a misconception is that we are 100% what we, you know, produce – and I think even with Pam recently of Cannot Be Tamed, she just started a makeup mm. channel. And so, you know, she, she has an adjacent, uh, a hobby adjacent to, to, to gaming as well that you might not expect. So what about you, Alex? Do you have a misconception or do you have something about you that a, hob a side hobby that maybe listeners wouldn't know about? Yeah, I think um, you hit on it, really, uh, especially with the first part, especially like I YouTube isn't my career. Um, I do have a job, a nine to five, a regular nine to five at a community college, and I don't treat that lightly. I really do like the people that I work with. I like the work that I do, and I am very, very thankful for the opportunity that I that I have to work where I do, um, because it's a it, it's a community college, and it's kind of in the center of town. And um, we do a, a lot of outreach toward, um, you know, helping education become a priority for more people that need it, so to speak. Um, that's really something that's mm -hmm. always been very important for me as a person because uh, I, not to get off on too much of a tangent, but, you know, I, I kind of got off off to a bad start when I got into the workforce. I was working at call centers and you know how it is. And especially in the United States where it's like, okay, you've got call center experience, you know, on your, on your resume. That means you will get nothing but call center ex jobs forever and ever, as long as you live. And I got kind of trapped in that throughout my twenties and it was miserable. And then I managed to catch on. I got very lucky and uh, managed to catch on with a school and um, in Minnesota, and that really changed me big time because it was like, oh, these people that I'm talking to on the phone and online, on chat and whatever, on email, these people are trying to better themselves. Like they're really honest to goodness people that are just like, hey, I want to go to school. I want to, you know, whether it's, uh, mm -hmm. you know, try trying to get a bump on their pay or if they just want to you know, go through on a promise that they made their parents or they made their significant other like, hey, I'm going to go get a degree. And it's I hear those stories all the time. And it's just it always touches me. And so I'm 
I am pretty passionate about education. I think it's really, really important. I'm not okay. thrilled with the, you know, how the education system in the, in this country is is structured where you have to pay all these thousands of dollars to ha- show you have a piece of paper and you know, you you you're pressured to make a decision when you're 18 years old about what you want to do with the rest of your life. I think that's completely unfair and stupid. It's like I didn't know what I wanted to do with the rest of my life until I was like 30. Like <laughs> like i think that's just ridiculous so yeah that's just me but i mean i i just to you know to put a bow on this one i i just got an advance my second advanced degree and i'm 35 and i still have no idea what i want to do (laughs) you know the uh the thing for me was when i didn't know what i wanted to do i just kept going back to school yeah yeah can't do that forever gotta figure it out no you're not alone (laughs) with that either that that's how my old roommate jessica was where she got her doctorate in clinical psychology and she was i remember her reaction after the fact was like is this all there is like is this all i have to do like there's not more and i'm not sure how much of that was just the (laughs) (laughs) the scholastic part of her where it was just like you always have to keep going and always have to keep writing papers and going to class it does feel that way yeah yeah and she was just like that's it like what do i do now and yeah i i i feel you on that i've i've known people that have gone through that same thing no doubt all right so now i guess it's time for our main event we have our guest coming on should be familiar to a lot of folks but if you've not heard of mega drive profile i think you're in for a treat alex you go a little ways back with this guy Oh, he's tremendous. He he does great work with, uh, and you know his his title is very pers- uh, prescriptive. His title is very descriptive. <laughs> Mega Drive profile. It, he does big time profiles on the games that he loves, um, and that's what I admire about this guy. He doesn't waste time w- with games he doesn't like. Whereas weirdos like me, I like understanding why I don't like games. Whereas this dude is like, hey, I like what I like. I want to understand why I like it. And I want to explain to other people why I like this. And exactly what he likes is running gun stuff like Alien Soldier, Gunstar Heroes, uh, Eliminate Down. A lot of games I am terrible at that I will die within the first 20 seconds of playing. Uh, Adventures of Batman and Robin's another one. I'm awful at that game. But this dude is has got all that stuff down. And I really like his format because you can really feel the uh, passion about how he feels about these games come through on his videos. He, he really takes a lot of time to explain. He has a lot of respect for his audience, I would say. Um, yeah. He goes through every... It's almost like a Game Facts video uh yeah exactly so to speak yeah he he does a very thorough job of like hey once you get to this part of the game here's what you do i really appreciate about that channel so i'm really excited to talk to him yeah man he's got some of the best music too in a lot of his videos and like you said it's like a you know some of it's like a walkthrough he's very skilled which adds some credence to everything he says so without further ado mega drive profile That is your real name. How are you doing tonight? Thanks for joining us. And are you partaking in a beverage as our drunk friend guest? Um, sadly, no. <laughs> I only have water on me. That's okay. That's we a had beverage. A top uh, top spot last week was into the fire water without the fire. It's it's totally acceptable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I gotta stay hydrated. Is it That's is right. it tap water? Is it that refreshing mountain water with the 
the beautiful water label you know the the label on it with the mountains and all that sort of stuff or are, are we just talking uh uh, <laughs> what kind of water are we talk? We need details, man. That's yeah. all you, you named both types of water. Like there was going to be a long list, the, dude. It's from the purest, <laughs> finest oasis you can oh, find. <laughs> there we go. Now we got uh, my imagination stirring. There we go. Fantastic. Well, thanks for coming on, MDP. We really appreciate your time. We know you're busy rocking out to Genesis and Mega Drive soundtracks and all that stuff. So thanks for taking the time to hang out with us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, we really like your work on YouTube. So, I first of all, to start this out, I got to ask, why do you hate the Super Nintendo? And I want you to show me <laughs> on the doll where the Super Nintendo hurt you. <laughs> well, it, it, I would point towards the power button because that's what makes it work. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great response right there. No, seriously, though. Like, I, I saw that... Um, and another interview that you did not too long ago with another web with another website that shall not be named, um, <laughs> <laughs> you you stated that um, you uh, started with a Genesis when you were like four or five years old, and mm-hmm. that was your first video game console. Um, so that must have made a big impression on you, obviously. So what were your first games? Do you remember the first game you rented? Uh, how, how big of an impression like did that make on you at that time? Well, it uh, it was a pretty. It's it's something. I, you know, I, I know a lot of people have a hard time remembering. You know, when they were like that age, you know, four or five. But that was a very distinct. That is a very distinct memory to me. And when I uh, first got my Genesis, um, I don't exactly remember like the actual event, but I know I had it right, and it was mine. Uh, I was living with my aunt at the time. And uh, my grandma was there, you know, and, and she would always hang out with me when I was playing video games. And the Genesis was like, I was just in love with that thing, dude. It was the best thing ever. And the first game I ever played on it was Sonic 3. That was the first thing. And I loved it, dude. I couldn't stop playing. I think I was playing that game so much that eventually, like, they, uh, my, I think my uncle took me to Toys R Us to, to pick out a new game because he was tired of seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it, it, it was, that was one, I think I got, um, I think after Sonic, I know I had, I had Gunstar Heroes. I did have that. Mm. That was another game I did get. Um, it was a pretty beat up copy from what I remember. I don't think I have it anymore, but uh, we've endorsed that, that one on this copy. podcast as the best Genesis game. I think that's a drunk friend declaration i i would call it the best genesis game ever yeah Yeah. gunstar heroes what's your opinion being the genesis guy it's honestly dude it's such a it's not a bad pick at all like i can't it's seriously a good game and i I remember specifically too when i made the video on gunstar that uh um snestrunk you know he actually commented telling me like dude like i totally didn't know this was in the game and basically like in gunstar heroes like yeah, you know, you can shoot around and, and do, you know, weapon combos and all that stuff, but you can also do, like, a cool, like, air dive, like a melee move, right? That's right, yeah. Yeah. I remember and, that, yeah. Yep, and that's, like, something that, uh, well, you know, some people don't really experiment, you know, they just they just think it's just a shooting game, but, yeah, you could do other cool little tricks like that, so, you know, Gunstar Heroes is a magnificent game, you know, Treasure is easily, like, my favorite developer, like, ever, like, hell yeah. They're the best. 
that's one of those things that kind of gets lost with retro games nowadays and it's tough to recover because now it you know the easiest way to play retro games now is with emulation with roms and that sort of thing um but what's lost in that is that we lose manuals you know when you rent a game at least in my experience you get some semblance of a copy of a instruction manual uh in my experience it was when you rented from mr movies or video update it was a very crappy uh xeroxed copy of an instruction manual that uh was black and white it was folded together very crudely it was stapled together with one staple it was falling apart and it was everything just kind of like thrown together but it was invaluable it was like hey here's everything you need to know about this game i remember when i rented contra 3 it was one of the first games i rented as a kid it came with a uh black and white copy of the manual from mr movies uh which was a a thing in the twin cities minnesota back in the late 80s and nowadays it feels like when you play these games on ROMs, you're missing out on that because it doesn't come with anything. You're just, you just have a ROM, you have your controller, you have your emulator, or maybe you have a flash cart, or maybe, you know, you have a repro cart or something like that, but you've got nothing to go by. You just got to figure out everything by yourself. And (laughs) yeah, yeah, with a game like Gunstar Heroes, it's like, oh, there's all this extra stuff that you got to figure there's all the you know you might not know that there's extra functionality with that kind of stuff so i feel like genesis games have a little bit more of that especially the run and gun games like alien soldier and gunstar heroes dude yeah absolutely like wow i I couldn't (laughs) i couldn't put that in better words like they're just there's just things that developers you know when when they make these games at least back then when you make them that you would have no idea like unless you read the instruction manual like you you would you would probably play the game for 10 years and you wouldn't know anything <laughs> until you read it like it's 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 amazing and one of the coolest things about um at least on Genesis cuz I'm not too sure on the on on Super Nintendo but I know on the Genesis like um Sega Retro has an expansive archive. Like, I mean, they go really deep into into preserving uh, all the game covers and especially the instruction manuals. They're all in PDF format, and you can read through them in case like you decide to load up a game like now, right in the present time, and you can actually you know see like exactly everything that is in the game and you know all the moves you can do. And I think it's a great resource, man. Sega Retro is an absolute monster of a resource for for anybody who's into into Sega game, and especially on Mega Drive. They have a well, it's pretty well documented. So both of you do some import uh, stuff for your channel on occasion, and a big part of what I do when I'm researching uh, the games that I use on NES Friend, I. I rely on the manuals pretty heavily. If anything else for, you know, of course, for a backstory to make sure I didn't miss like a certain pickup I need to show or something like that. Uh, for a lot of those imports that, you know, didn't make it over here to, the, to North America, the manuals are obviously a little bit of a barrier because they're not always in English. Are there resources where those are translated? How do you guys sort of navigate that part of the video making process? Um. Well... 
for me, like it's like I said, because Sega Retro is is really generous in that department. Like you will get. So let's say there's one game, right, and it's it was released uh, across Japan, you know, um, and also Europe, and and also and maybe in some cases the U.S. Right. So a lot of the times uh, I've come to realize that the PAL versions of a lot of Mega Drive games are almost uh, they're pretty good translations of the Japanese, you know, uh, of the Japanese uh, manual. And but if a game is only Japanese, though, that's where you have to do a lot of experimentation. Oh yeah, <laughs> and a lot of a lot of imagination comes into play. Definitely like, into that. Like you have to look at the pictures and be like, okay, I guess this is what happens if you. Uh, sometimes they'll use like the actual buttons inside, like in between, like the the kanji or whatever, and you kind of you know you kind of gotta like scrimmage and just just figure it out, like. Yeah, it's it's you kind of use a lot of your imagination when it when it comes to that. Some games are real self-explanatory, like you know, like you don't really need to 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 really even read the manual sometimes. Like it, right. it might not even be necessary. So yeah. Yeah, I was just curious if there was some resource out there that actively translated any of those that weren't already in English. There's certain games like for Super Famicom, I know that um, they're so straightforward that they just put them up as is without even bothering to put up an English translation at all on the virtual console for like the Wii. I think <laughs> one game was Doremi Fantasy. Uh I think it's what is the subtitle? Like Doki Doki No Dai Boken or something like that. Like something adventure. But um they just didn't even bother translating that game at all. They just like left the Japanese text in the game. They're like, okay, this is good enough. We're just gonna put it up on the we we console or we virtual console and um but as far as uh manuals go i think that's the next big um frontier i guess i would say is that uh you know we're still getting uh big translations done on all these big role-playing games but um i can't think of any manuals that anybody have has bothered to translate yet (laughs) <laughs> that seems like like the next big thing. Like I, yeah. I don't think there's anything that's that's been <laughs> that, that's even approached that like at all. It's it's that's a good point you bring up, Travis. Though that's <laughs> the <laughs> it's like yeah, that is a great point. It's yes. like uh oh, <laughs> we still have all this work to do. <laughs> <laughs> You're right because some guys would go through the the incredible you know trouble of of translating the entire game. But they're like, oh, there's, there's still the manual though. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, there, how will people actually know how to play this? Yeah, like, there could be some like game mechanics that nobody even knows about. Who knows? It's crazy. Yeah. Or even some, you know, even if it's backstory. I mean, just you know, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there that's that's lost <laughs> exactly. to the language barrier a lot of the times. But yeah, maybe one day. Maybe yeah, one day if we <laughs> day by day now we get more and more bored <laughs> Japanese language uh <laughs> students that are out there <laughs> that are <laughs> looking for something to do. Um so I wanted to ask you uh MDP um what were the first games that you rented as uh, a Genesis fan and were there anything that kind of took you by surprise? Were there any like games that you were kind of like at your wits end like say for example like oh this game is checked out it's the game i wanted to get i'll settle for this like was there any experience like that where it was 
Like, oh, I'll, I'll settle for this game, and it turned out to be something really good for you. Hmm. Well, I got to be honest, and I got to say that I never, I don't think I actually rented a, a Genesis game before. And the reason why is because, um, and I should, I should have probably disclosed this too, but you know, I was, I was pretty young back then. And like, I mean, I was a kid, I was like four or five by the time I got my, my Genesis and you know, I think a lot of the stores didn't really carry those games anymore. At that point, the PS1, you know, the N64 were like, and the Dreamcast were like the thing, you know, that that's all you would really, I, I, and I distinctly remember do seeing that a lot. Like, I don't think I found any Genesis stuff. The only place I was selling them where I was at was, um, a Toys R Us. Like they had like, you know, they had like the little stand and, yeah. It wouldn't even be the actual cartridge. It would just be like a little slip or like a paper or something, you know. Yeah. I, I was just going to say, let me rephrase then. When did you first discover emulation? And when you start get, getting into like, or I, I maybe not even emulation, just like collecting and finding out more about the Genesis. Where And, you know, if there are any games that you came across... Uh, whether it be with uh, finding stuff on eBay, finding stuff on Amazon, or finding stuff via emulation, if there's anything that took you by surprise, or any any anything that uh, you you really would have that you found that you really liked since uh, you started this hobby. Uh, that is a, a a great question. Um, well, I can tell you for a fact that when I I think I had a I think I had a PS2 or GameCube. I forgot which system I had it for. But I didn't get to play all the Sonic games, you know, on the Genesis on hardware, right, at the time. Like, I only played three. So, eventually, Sega made this really great compilation of old Sonic games called the Sonic Mega Collection. And in this collection, you know, it had Sonic 1, 2, 3, and Knuckles, and 3D Blast, and I think it had some extra goodies that you can unlock. And... That is how I actually, from there, it, that's where it really started for me. Because I played all those games, and I'm like, oh, I think um, I think uh, Rystar was on there, too. Mm. And I played that on there, and I was like, this is amazing. Like, what? <laughs> I was so blown away, man. I was like, I got to find more. What else is on this console? You know, I got to keep, I, I, I got to find out what, what there's got to be more to this than, than nice. these games. Even though those were amazing. Yeah. And... I think years went by, and um, uh, whatchamacallit, I finally got, like, my own computer. It was a pretty, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it was it was a pretty shoddy laptop, um, but it was still a good one, and, um, Whoa. like, wait, uh, did you guys hear that? No, no, I think you cut out there for a second. Okay, yeah, sorry. Um, I'm not sure what what happened. Um, I forgot what's the last thing you heard. Just uh, you had Rystar on your collection, and then oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah, the Mega Collection had a Rystar on it, and after I played that, it was amazing. I was like, okay, I, I want to find out more. Like, you know, what else is on this on this console that, that I can play? I'd already played Sonic Three. I did have Gunstar. That was amazing too. But I wanted more. So years went by. 
um, and eventually I got my own, like, it was, it was a laptop, it wasn't even a desktop, it was a laptop, it was an alright one, you know, it was decent, and I think I, I found, um, I found out about emulation, <laughs> and I was like, like, is this okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's like, normally how it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> you know, I didn't understand the whole concept, you know, it was new to me, like, I, I, I never knew how people, like, I never knew that people did this, and it was funny because emu- I came to find out, you know, later that uh, emulation was actually pretty old at that point. Like, there were already existing Genesis emulators back in, like, the mid to late 90s. Yeah, Genesis. That's right. It wasn't a great one, but... <laughs> no, it was terrible, but it, it worked. <laughs> yes, and so I... You know, uh, I found uh, I found this emulator called uh, Kega, Kega Fusion. That's right. Yeah, that's still in circulation now. Correct. And to me, you know, it did everything. Like it played, <laughs> it even played Master System. It played, you know, uh, Sega yeah. CD. It, it did everything. It was amazing. And from there, dude, it was history. Like I just started downloading. <laughs> I started any game that looked interesting. I just started downloading it, and I started playing. And I'm like, this is awesome. This is like um, this is amazing. I don't I don't think I think I did have my Genesis, my old one at that point. I have no idea where it was, but I but I had it somewhere and uh eventually did end up finding it. And uh I started trying to buy some some of the old stuff I uh I couldn't get when I when I was younger. But yeah. So your journey here is kind of interesting in that it sounds like, you know, you're a little you're a little younger than what I would typically think for someone who would be really into the retro scene, right? Like you said, you were four or five. It sounds like about the time that Sonic 3 hit, which was late in that console's lifespan. And it wasn't until, you know, two generations later almost before you sort of rediscovered the system. So you being someone looking backward at what I'm assuming is somewhere around your teenage years, maybe, what were your contemporaries doing like your friends like were they did they think you were the weird kid that only cared about sega genesis <laughs> like how did that work that <laughs> is, is so funny man i gotta say um <laughs> just cracks me up. <laughs> um but okay so at that time trav i i think the 360 had yeah, the 360 was like two years old at that point. I was like 07, by the way. So, I was a fan like of old and new, and I still am, by the way. Like, I still love new new games. I think are awesome. Well, depending, right? I'm I'm a lot more picky, but mm-hmm. but I think I think they're both still great. Anyhow, I um, what was I gonna say? My friends were generally speaking into just newer games. Like they. I guess at the t- the PS2 was still was still pretty popular back then at that year. Like it's still yeah, it's, the games were still being released for it. I think until like 08 is when it really started to like decline, but but yeah, they were all into 360, you know, they were playing like Halo 3. Like I remember that was like one of the biggest games mm-hmm. that year. Uh I think Call of Duty 4 was another one that was pretty big that year, which I I I still play to this day. And, um, yeah, man, like, they, retro video games to them were not, like, they weren't awful, but they, I, I, they, yeah, they were, <laughs> they were really into it, like, not as much as I was, you know, I, I was definitely, 
you know, I don't think I really even told him about it either. Wow, so you had to you had to hide your obsessions from your friends. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like it was such a weird time. That's cool though, man. So switch gears, let's talk a little bit about your your channel. Um a few of your videos take on a much longer tutorial format and that you know, SNES drunk and I certainly can certainly consider anything over 6 minutes to be like super duper long. So <laughs> Your, you know, your much longer tutorial format. Some of your videos extend to, you know, 30 minutes or so. It's like Alien Soldier, you have one on Eliminate Down, uh, Adventures of Batman and Robin. How do you go about collecting information for these these videos? It's a lot of research. Okay, so it's, it, it's yeah, it is a lot, and you're right. The thing is that every time I, I decide that I'm going to, you know, cover a game... I obviously I play I play probably I try to beat it at least twice and if I really like it I'll probably even beat it a third time wow and I make sure that I get it I get good at it that's that's the most important thing to me I make sure that I understand this game because like I I don't review in a very typical fashion like it's almost like I explain people how to play this game in a sense you know like I, I kind of just go over. That's why I actually show, in in a lot of the Mega Drive videos, I show um, the instruction manuals, and I kind of go over the controls. And I'm like, look, this is what you can do in this game. This does this, yada yada, you know. And I just try to make sure that I understand this game because I don't want to make a video, and and try to present something that I have, you know, no idea what I'm talking about. It's always important to me to, to, to make people understand, like, yo, like, I played this game, you know, I, I try to do, you know, I, I mess around with it, see what I can do, and, and then the footage you see in the video is probably from, the from like, my last playthrough, and I'm like, okay, this is the one where I'm going I'm to use the footage for this game, because you want to make your videos look good, too, man, like, you know, you want, you want the footage to be representative of what you're talking about. And if you're enthusiastic about something, well, the gameplay has got to be enthusiastic. You know, it's got to be exciting, too, to watch. And I try to incorporate that. Um, I usually... The thing is, too, is that I don't really talk about games that I don't like on the channel, either. Mm. That's another thing. I'm not a big fan of covering stuff that I know I'm not going to enjoy. Because... There are other people who who do that already, and they do it much better than I do, mm. or I would. So it, it's never a big thing for me to to play a game that, especially one that I'm not into, or I just don't have any interest in. It's just it's not really my thing, you know. I, I try to show games that I think are really cool, that I think people would play, and that's just yeah, you know, it just looks awesome. Something that anybody would would enjoy, or at least I think would enjoy. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense actually, because thinking about you know the energy that your your intro has and like everything's like do wow metal it, it would be <laughs> it would be weird if you went through the, like that whole ride at the beginning for you to just be like meh this game kind of sucks like it would totally be <laughs> a very tonal shift so i think that's i think that's good actually i like that so that that's kind of reassuring in that if you if you do subscribe to mega drive profile you're going to get you know pretty good vibes and see some pretty good games i think that's i think that's good yeah, it's not going to be like, Bubsy is kind of <laughs> shitty. No thanks. <laughs> that'd be a good April Fool's video, though. I'm not going to lie. You know, yeah, that'd be that's... pretty funny. I guess. 
You guys crack me up, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I do want to say though that you know uh, that if you do cover games that you know that you don't like, but you cover them anyways, I think that's still a good balance, man. Because you know, I I know it sounds funny coming from me, right? But it's still it's still nice to see some variety and that's something that I can, I'm hundred percent guilty that I'm, I don't have any, <laughs> like a lot of the games I cover are pretty similar. You know, you they're almost, I can't say that you're going to see the same game every time, but it's the same genres. You know, you're not going to find a whole lot of variety. Like you're not going to see like a point and click game or something. <laughs> you're not going to see any of that stuff. Like it's not that they're bad. It's not that, or any of that stuff, it's just, it's not, it's not something that I'm into, you know, and that's also another thing I'd like to say, is that you're also not going to see every Mega Drive game either, and that's not my mission. Do you hear that, SNES drunk? He's not going to do all the games on Earth. Why not? <laughs> you're not <laughs> like gonna... some people. <laughs> you're not going to do uh, Bill Lambeer's combat uh baseball on uh mega you know didn't he have a mega drive port on uh i don't know i'm just <laughs> just you know I, I i think i've gotten people telling me like hey dude you know do video on this game i and it i hear you yeah. on that i get that you know, all the time yeah and, and i think to myself i already know what this game is like I know that I'm not going to enjoy this. Yeah, no, that's that's kind of what you do. Is like you do like a as as uh, Trav said, it's in in the notes here. It's stem to stern. I don't even know what that means, but it, it I think it's like a a, <laughs> a, a sailor like a ship. <laughs> a ship. I think it's about plants. Some kind of yeah. What does that mean? I don't even know what that means. Stem to stern. I I was you know I wrote it in the sheet. I was like stem to stern, which I believe is. Now I'm wondering. I thought it was a botany-related thing, but I was oh, going to ask how long I, I it can takes see that. to put it okay. together, the whole video, stem, the whole Stem the whole to thing. Stern. I thought it was like something to do with Howard Stern, but I don't, I, I'm don't. i not totally sure, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't think that's um, right. <laughs> um, no, that I, I think people – you've been doing this long enough now, MVP, that people should understand what they're what, – they should expect from your channel at this point where it's like, okay, this is like, especially with the types of games you do, like eliminate down, like, holy crap, that game is hard. Like, so I'm curious to ask like what, um, other games do you plan on covering stem to stern, so to speak? <laughs> um, <laughs> like, uh, from beginning to end, like, uh, what about like Musha or say like some other uh oh my dogs are going crazy sorry about that if you can hear that oh i can oh we'll we'll definitely edit that out but um <laughs> um yeah are are you thinking about other shoot 'em ups like musha or thunder force 4 or anything like that um yeah absolutely uh thunder force 4 in particular has been like i think <laughs> I've I've gotten at least a good couple emails about that, <laughs> especially in my Discord too. Like I got someone who's a really big Thunder Force guy, and he's like, "Dude, you gotta do Thunder Force Four. and I tell him I'm gonna do it, and he's like, "Yeah, but you gotta do Thunder Force One too." <laughs> oh, I know, right? Yeah, you gotta do all of them in and, one big and, video. 
<laughs> and I'm just like, you know what, dude? I'll do it for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I think that Thunder Force really got its its you know its wings with three and onward, um, I think as a tribute to the series, I, I wouldn't mind exploring the the first two games as well. So yeah. Let me ask you this, because since we're on the subject, Thunder Force 3 is really, really good on Genesis. It got a Super Nintendo port called Thunder Spirits. Have you played the Super Nintendo port by any chance? Um, I've seen footage on it. Okay. Um, I've seen footage before, and it looks okay. Yeah. I, mean, you know. <laughs> I can hear it in your voice. You're not like... All that it, it, it looks, it. yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's awful. I mean, obviously there are way better, you know, shmups on on on, on Super Nintendo, especially some really sexy looking ones, man. Like like R Type Three looks absolutely impeccable. For sure, yeah. I was just curious if you played that, um, how it compares. Like the, I was just kind of getting into like, okay, what does the Genesis do better in terms of shoot 'em ups what what makes the genesis do shoot 'em ups better than any other system i mean obviously number one's probably the speed you know of everything but what what in your opinion makes it what what else is there that makes it better if anything maybe there's nothing <laughs> well i can say that i'll tell you what man i think i should say this first i think that both um, both Super Nintendo and Genesis, like at their best, have amazing smups, right? There might be some Genesis fanboys that might punch you in the face for saying that, uh, you know, for say for daring to say that any Super Nintendo shoot 'em up was better than any Genesis shoot 'em up. How dare you? <laughs> They both have their strengths, man. You know, I, I tend to, to see it like like that. You know, I, I, I want... You also need to think about one thing, too. The developers behind them. That, that That's matters a great a lot. point. Yeah, for sure. That matters a lot. Like, you know, yeah, okay. Maybe Technosoft or whoever ported that uh, that version of Thunder Force to the CES. Maybe, maybe he was drinking that day. Something <laughs> happened. But, you know, <laughs> something must have happened, clearly. But what really makes a, sh- a shmup work in, on Genesis is the, indeed the speed. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, some games on Genesis will have a moment of slowdown. It, it has happened. Like, believe it or not. And Thunder Force 4 is one of those games that it has happened. But it's not enough to detract the experience either. You know? It's not enough to be like, oh, this game sucks. You know? Like, <laughs> nah, man. Like... It's it's still a great game regardless of the fact. That's what makes them just. In order to really get in the mindset of of, of of making a good shmup, you gotta you gotta really take a good look at some of the developers making them and also their interviews. Man, there's a lot of interviews with these guys and they talk about how they're working around like the, the constraints of the hardware and you know and all the challenges and hurdles that come with it. You know, but the Genesis is known for a lot of good shmups because, frankly, the the processor, which you know, it's the CPU, right? It 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 does have a lot to do with it, the speed, and it's also because it's a bit easier to program for. You know, a lot of the 
arcade, um, the Sega arcade games are ported to Genesis because it has like some of the same architecture. That's why it's so easy to, to do it. And, and just the assembly, you know, the, the coding, it is a lot easier. You know, a lot of developers have commented on that saying, yeah, you know, once you get the hang of it, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty easy to grasp for them. That's definitely true. Um, it's even true with, uh, PC ports going from, uh, computer, you know, like from the Amiga or from the Atari ST or something like that, going to that 6800 processor, it's, it's a lot easier, you know, um, Whereas the it seems like Nintendo kind of had their own thing going, you know, I I, I I'm lucky enough to be uh, friendly with a few people on the on the I, I have my uh, uh, SNES drunk Discord that there are people there that are very affluent in terms of um, programming and that sort of thing. Uh, and they, <laughs> they often talk about like how much of a pain in the ass it is to program for Super Nintendo <laughs> and N64 and all that stuff. And they're just like, no wonder nobody wanted to work with these people because you have to learn an entirely new thing to, to just make games. And it's like, these guys just want to make games. And, you know, of course they wanted to where, where the money was in the, in the Nintendo brand for sure. So they would they would make sure to to do that but um if they wanted if they wanted a, an easier time of it they would definitely go to that uh you know that uh, that easier processor the 6800 with uh with genesis yeah you know a lot of it's just it's just that a lot of arcade boards used it like it yeah. was it was a pretty flexible processor you know for a lot of these guys so it it was just a given to just port it to genesis and and you know and just let it run there but but yeah man uh i i definitely don't want people to get the impression that the the super nintendo you know doesn't have competent like you know shoot 'em ups like uh, they do absolutely they do it's just maybe not as much as genesis <laughs> 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 but they do and R Type Three is is one of those, I feel. Very cool, man. You change gears here a little bit. Um, you brought up we talked about Thunder Force there briefly, and is the is the intro to um, that you use on your channel isn't that like a metal rendition of a Thunder Force Four track? That is correct. R- yes. Right. So yes, it is. Yeah, I wanted to mention like the intros to you know your videos have this bombastic music that just kicks my ass every time like whether it's that blaring uh cover metal rendition of the thunder force 4 track or or something from the game is just so well done and it's such a good hook for me um what game do you think has the most kick and soundtrack on the genesis that's a tough question uh, stem to stern really by the way the whole soundtrack and I did Google while we were uh, hanging out here. Stem to Stern is a boat reference, <laughs> Snest Drunk. So you win that. You win that round. It's not a botany reference. But anyway, I go knew ahead. It was What's... a ye old like? I believe it's an old wooden ship. You know, like one of those like anchorman type things. <laughs> well, good job. You got that one. So Stem yeah. to Stern. What's the best soundtrack for the Genesis? Do you think? Man, these <laughs> these are some difficult questions. Like, <laughs> gotcha. Um, 
You know what, man? There's just so many. And I like I like music a lot, you know? So it, it's so difficult. I even write some of my own Genesis music sometimes, like every now and then. And it, it's it's so hard to pick just one. <laughs> can you but pick three? I can give you three good ones, okay, sure. Okay, perfect. I can do that. Okay, Thunder Force 4, without a doubt. Like, I guess that was a given. Right. If I had to pick another one, I would probably go with Revenge of Shinobi. How Ooh. dare... I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to do that just once. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and you know what? I'll give you something a little less known, but still mm. pretty kick-ass. I'll definitely give you Langrisser, too. Oh, oh I know exactly. Where... Nice. That's a good pick. Have not yeah. played that in a really long time, but... That's a really good one because um, yes. I had uh, somebody request that game a, a really long time ago telling me like, hey, this this game, <laughs> hey, this game is way better on Genesis than it is on uh, Super Nintendo or, you know, on, I, I guess in this case it would be Super Famicom. And I was like, holy crap, this soundtrack sounds like a thousand times better on uh, Genesis. And yeah, for sure. That's that's a great pick. Yeah, those were three good choices. I really enjoyed all that so speaking of that so it seems like you know you like the high action games you like the high action music does that inf- like are your other tastes there too like do you, are you into you know heavy metal bands and and stuff like that are those your influence like what's your musical influence i guess that's what i'm trying to ask I, actually i'm i mean i like rock a lot don't get me wrong uh I couldn't tell you what a Judas Priest is or anything, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I am a fan of rock. Yes, uh, I I do love, but I love all kinds of music. If anything, I'm really a big hip hop fan. Okay, yeah. Does that shine Can through really in a lot of the you? original music that you create? Um, when I was younger, I used to make like yeah, I used to sample a lot of music and you know make beats and like FL Studio and stuff, but. Eventually, though, I did start writing, like, you know, try to write, like, some generic video game music, and I chose, you know, the Genesis as, like, you know, the the template for the, for the, for the sounds, and I, I really just enjoy, like, a loopy video game, like, song, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, something that loops real easily, like, that's kind of what, what I tend to write a lot uh, when it comes to, to Genesis music, and... But uh, I'm not very good at writing like that super high octane stuff. Right. <laughs> like I'm not, absolutely not. I leave that to the pros. Like that blazing chrome type soundtrack. Yeah, like those guys. Like, yeah. Maybe every now and then you might, I'm you, you, you might get me on a really good day <laughs> on a really just you know with some great luck I might write something decent in that regard. But eh, you know most of the time it's it's pretty like. It's okay stuff. I'm all right. <laughs> Do you follow any chiptune artists or anything like that? Um, chiptune on SoundCloud, I do follow some people. And a lot of these guys are just like, you know, are just like you and me, man, you know, they're they're fans. But if there's one person I do want to say, it's a Savage Regime on YouTube. Okay. That guy is the best. I'm going to tell you right now, man. That guy is the best when it comes to making, like, FM covers and 
even some new original Mega Drive music. I mean, he did the score for Xeno Crisis. That was oh, really good. Oh, nice. Okay, that's the, the, the Xeno Crisis guy. Okay, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. so Savage Regime, I'd go with him if there's one person I can choose. Nice. That is a game that I need to get into for sure. It's a great game. Yeah. We're freaking hard. I'll tell you is that. It? <laughs> yeah, I haven't really gotten into it yet. Um, have you? So, well, okay, let's go into that. What What do you think of Xeno Crisis? What do you think of like any of those uh, homebrew type games that are out there now? Well, I can't tell you that I played all of them. You know, there's there's been several that have been released or are being announced and stuff. The ones that I played were uh, Xeno Crisis and I eventually planned to also play Tanzer. Mm. Uh, that was another one. But just like my channel, you know, like what it's all about, and uh, I tend to just focus more on like the action-oriented titles. You know, there's been other games like Tanglewood, which look good, and don't get me wrong, they look great. They look, you know, that they have quality to them and whatnot. I'm not really the kind of game that I would particularly like, you know, display, you know, or make a video for. Mm-hmm. But as far as Xeno Crisis is concerned, yes, I did beat it. Uh, there is an easy difficulty, and then there's the hard mode. And the only, the only way to get the good ending is to beat it on hard. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell you that right now. Yikes. And it's hard. Like, it's... If, if I can be honest, it's got to be one of the hardest Genesis games I've played. Like, no doubt. It's pretty tough. Yeah, and I beat The Adventures of Batman and Robin. That was another... <laughs> that, that was hell. That was hell on earth. <laughs> I wouldn't wish that on anybody, dude. Like, don't. If you're gonna review that game, it, I wouldn't even blame you if you just said, you know what, fuck it. I couldn't even finish this game. <laughs> like, I'm I was just gonna, gonna tell say. you right now, I couldn't because I practiced. No matter how much I practiced, like I did beat it, but it was just so difficult, dude. Like you get to a point where you're just like. Am I okay? Like, what am I doing? I was gonna say, give me, <laughs> give me so hard. Give me your top four toughest <laughs> Genesis games that you've beaten. Because <laughs> yeah, man, but Xeno Crisis is awesome. You guys should play it. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's just great, man. Bitmap Bureau, they they did an awesome job. I should have been reviewed that game. Like, I I had it in the back burner for so long. I even have the footage, but I, I never got around to writing the script because I'm just weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> My process is so weird. Where does that fall, like, on your, like, hierarchy of toughest games you've beaten? Like, where, what, what's your top four? You said the top four of the hardest? Top four of the hardest games you've beaten, like, within that Genesis sphere of games. Like, I'm talking Adventures of Batman and Robin, like, all that stuff. Xeno Crisis, all that stuff. Oh, man. Okay. What else would you put in that category? Um, Undead Line on Genesis. That that game is hard as hell. What is that? Undead. Undead Line. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, um, that it, it's a pretty you know it's a it's it's pretty obscure, but it was hard, man. Like it. it I don't know if you ever heard of Elemental Master before. On Genesis. I have. Yeah, I've I've played a bunch of that actually. Yeah. Okay, it's similar to that game. Huh. And uh, I. <laughs> it was one of those games that. Like I said, dude, I, I, I don't think I ever got past the second stage. <laughs> like, I, I don't think I ever got past the second stage for like the hmm. longest time. It, it took me a while to to beat that game. That was one of the, 
it was just one of those games that I, I couldn't do for the life of me. Like, yo, this is hard as hell. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought I was decent at games, right? But then I played that. And I'm like, yeah, these guys, those Japanese guys are crazy, man. I can't do wow. this. <laughs> yeah. I can't do this. I'm looking at a screenshot of it now. It looks awesome. It's like I shoot them up in like a graveyard. That's, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah Too bad I won't see it, much it of the game because I'm not good at games like this, but. <laughs> I know, right? I'm freaking terrible at games like this. That's why I'm asking. Well, yeah, man. Uh, Undead Line. Let's see, because I said Batman. Okay, Batman. Dino Crisis, Undead Line. Uh, it's pretty difficult to choose. There's some pretty hard ones. Bubsy. <laughs> <laughs> I never played that game, but I hear so much. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> Shaq Fu. <laughs> We going Shaq Fu? Uh, is this the part of the podcast where I have to defend Shaq Fu again? Are you going to defend it? Yeah, I don't think it's one of the worst games ever. No, it's not one of the worst, but yeah, no, I I, I think it's fine. I don't think it's bad. Uh, no, no, I, I should say that. I, I think it's bad. I don't think it's that bad. Right. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know what, dude? Eliminate down. Yeah, that was tough too. Oh yeah, no, that game kicked my ass. Yeah, that was one of those games I played for like ten minutes. And I was like, nope, I'm done. Yeah, dude. Eliminate down. That was another. That was. I guess I shouldn't be too surprised. I mean, the guys who made it like were really big fans of R Type, so they copied <laughs> that game to a T. Oh my god, the R Type guys are just sadists. I swear they're crazy people <laughs> was that for that probably was <laughs> I, uh, might as well be i mean that i think uh anything that mentions our type counts as four so <laughs> there you go <laughs> those guys are crazy like by the way MD- mdp I, I i really need to ask this because i just got one of these emails today have you gotten a raid shadows legend email yet oh dude i'm not that popular there's no way i would get that like. come on yes you are you are i i'm insulted on your behalf that you have not gotten a raid shadow legends email yet because i got one today and i'm just like come on people like this is this is the dumbest thing ever like I've I've gotten I swear to God I've gotten like twelve of these emails saying we just need a sixty to ninety second promo starting around forty five seconds to one thirty into your video presenting the <laughs> key talking points. It's just like you think you guys would get the the I don't know. I'm just do they realize that they're like a meme now or something? <laughs> I don't think they do. That's the thing. That's what blows my mind is I they don't. They're completely unself aware. And it's like they don't know and they don't care. And that's why I wanted to bring it up because I think it's really funny. So. <laughs> you just wanted to brag on your raid status, man. Oh, please. The rest of us can't get these. When, I, when we oh, get those please. emails, we'll know. No, it's, it's, it has nothing to do with status. <laughs> it has everything to do with these people being idiots. <laughs> if I ever get that email, though. Oh please, sure. just just send it to everybody. We'll all we'll have a big laugh. Oh man! I think I think it's time to have some listener questions here. Yeah, let's do it. 
All right. So the first question we have is from Chris S. And he, okay, I, I have to admit, uh, Mr. MDP, we've got uh, some uh, Super Nintendo-centric questions here. So I'm, I, I, apo- I apologize in advance. Nah, you're fine. <laughs> this is my time to talk shit, so let's do it. <laughs> How dare you? Okay, so uh, Chris S. says, What Super Nintendo games do you think deserve a modern sequel or remaster similar to what Link's Awakening got? Who wants to go first? Um, I don't know. Well, I know there's already a sequel to this game that exists, but I think it would be kind of kick-ass for like uh, a VR pilot wings or something. Something to really Ooh. turn your stomach upside down. <laughs> Bring the pilot wings back, man. With the fidelity we have today and some of the technology, it could be cool. What was the last Pilot Wings game that we got? Was it like 3DS or something like that? I don't even know. I was thinking Pilot Wings 64 was the only one I could remember. But was it 64? Yeah. I give it a Google Gee. here. Um, <laughs> give it a good old Google. Give it a good. Um, that's a good. That's a good uh, suggestion considering the functionality that game would have now. Uh, holy cow! Like I would not ever. Like, can you imagine the skydiving part portion of that with the uh, with VR capabilities? No thanks. <laughs> That's, I'm, I'm, um, I'm in for it though. Get, I'll get something to suspend me from the ceiling, so I'm not touching the floor. <laughs> just hold my arms out and just float down. <laughs> then my cat will touch my leg, and I'll scream. <laughs> we'll go to Home Depot and buy a shitload of van, uh, fans to <laughs> simulate the effect Dude, of you falling really from the sky. That's a really good idea. Oh my god. Um I think I would go you know, my normal answer to this is Act Razor, just because Act Razor is one of those like unfulfilled uh uh ambition games. It's it's one of those games that was super ambitious at the time and uh didn't reach its full potential. But uh in the spirit of this podcast, I will say uh R Type three. Let's give R-Type 3 a modern sequel or a remaster. Actually, you know what? No, not R-Type 3. My favorite Super Nintendo shoot 'em up ever is uh, Axelay. That's my favorite. Let's give that one a modern sequel. Let's give it a remaster, whatever. That game is awesome. I think it needs like a full reboot. Like I'm talking HD graphics, all that stuff. Especially with the boss design in that game. It's super cool. Uh, the level design is really clever. I really like that game. I would love to see that. Uh, what about you, MDP? What, what what do you think should get a... Uh, what old game do you think should get a modern sequel or a remaster? Does that have to be Super Nintendo? <laughs> no, it can be whatever you want. Um... You can betray the email entirely. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would like another Rise Star actually. They should have made it. They should have made another one or a remaster or something. But yeah, they should have done more with that. That's a good choice because that game. That's all there is of that game, right? Yep. It's just that's that right. one. That's why, right. And that game is considered. Would you call it one of the twenty, twenty-five best? Yeah, I I would put it up there. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. 
why wouldn't it get a sequel or a remaster or something? Yeah, that's. I think that's a super high quality choice for sure. Yeah, agreed. It's it's also I I think even even though it's pretty popular amongst folks like us, I I still think it's kind of unknown to to the casual population. I think it's a game that could, you know, if it were brought back in some way, could really um really kick up its popularity. I think it deserves a little more attention. Yes, absolutely. I think Great. the the reason it kind of didn't, in my opinion, is because I think people are kind of burnt out on the platformer mm-hmm. mascot guy. You know, it's like, oh, here's a happy little star guy with arms and legs, and he's got a happy face and blah, blah, blah. But he's grabby. <laughs> like, he's got a real grabby mechanic. <laughs> he's got a real grabby. <laughs> it's like, uh, I think people are kind of burnt out on that at that point, and so it got kind of buried at that point. So Yeah, know. that makes sense. I mean, you know, for, for at the time, yeah, it was yeah, totally buried. It's, it's like, what else can you do with this? You know, I, 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 I'm reminded of Donkey Kong Country 3 when that came out. And the whole attitude toward that game was like, all right, fine. Another Donkey Kong Country <laughs> game. Really? We got to do this again? Because or... we will. We, we will like it. But damn it, we don't want to <laughs> have to play it. Or exactly. Yeah. And that that's kind of how I feel about Stuff like like Ristar, where it's like, okay, fine. But no, it absolutely deserves more uh, exposure, for sure. Yeah. Um, By the way, uh, are the Donkey... Which like which Donkey Kong game do you think is the best? For me? I'm yeah. going the second game. Uh, I think it's one of the... It might be one of the five, definitely one of the ten, maybe one of the five best Super Nintendo games ever. Wow. For the just for the level design. Um it's one of those games the way I think of it, the way I think of Donkey Kong Country two is it's like how an author when they write a game or when they write a game. When they write a book <laughs> when they write a book, it's like they start with the, the ending first and they write backwards. It's like that's how I feel donkey kong country 2 was approached like they thought of the end of each level first and then they kind of built around that so it's that's my choice three seems like it was almost like a like oh how far can we push this concept and one was just hey look at these graphics <laughs> Sorry, but I'm not that fond of one. But two, I think, is a masterpiece. One is whatever, and three is kind of the end of the rope. But yeah, that's my. What do you think, Trav? Are we on Donkey Kong? Yeah, uh, I I like the first one a lot. I think it's mostly nostalgic, but. I know that game inside and out, and that that usually helps you like a game more if you feel like you kind of own it. Um, and the music's pretty pretty cool. The second one I enjoyed, but it kicked my ass. It's so hard, like that castle. It is section, really hard. Yeah. Ugh, all I can remember is just being angry at it. But I do. I, I think what you said is <laughs> valid. Like it, it's definitely a better made game, hundred percent. But stuff. The third one I haven't really but- played, but it did feel tacked on. So we have a we have another question from another Travis, which is a great name. Good job, Travis. Wait a second, Travis. Incredible name. It's a strong name. There's only supposed to be okay. Never mind. Um, he's he asks what games best use the SNES controller layout. 
he suggests maybe Smash TV, and which had to compromise, and he suggests Street Fighter? The Street Fighters, rather. Do you have an answer for this? I'm assuming, SNES Drunk, you're going to have the, the best the best library of knowledge for answering this. It, this dude already answered this. It's Smash TV. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, the fact that you can use uh, a dual stick control, uh, dual joysticks for Smash TV with both the D-pad and the way the... Uh, like the face buttons? The Yeah, the face buttons are laid out. It's perfect. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, it's uh, I I don't have anything to top that, but um, what most has to compromise. I don't know. Understand why he says Street Fighter or why? Uh, yeah, I I don't get why. Why is that an issue? Like that that always felt totally fine to me personally. Hmm. But um, if it came to compromise, it's always something like Lemmings for me. Something right. that had to use mouse controls Populous. or like Sims. Yes, or like SimCity, or uh, I, I hated the fact that you had to use the D-pad as a mouse, you know, cursor mm. or something like that. That that drove me insane. I hated that. MDP, do you have any answer coming from your own system of choice? Do you have one that just nails the limited button layout of the three-button Genesis controller? The system of choice that shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can you repeat that? Because <laughs> I got so sidetracked when you brought up the like Smash TV. So that what was the question exactly? Just to make sure. So, is there a game that has a, that best uses the controller for? And well, for you, we can say the Genesis if you'd like. Um, and maybe you can even extend it to the three button or the six button. Like, is there any games that really nail the way that controller can be used or are there any that suck because of it? Like from my own experience, I think zombies ate my neighbors kind of suffers a little bit with the three button Genesis controller because of the way you have to switch your, your weapon choices. Um, I don't even know if it works with the six button, but do you have any answers like that that come to mind? Hmm. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, there was, I mean, there are games that could definitely benefit from having a six button controller. I I mean, I could tell you that. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I believe there are some games that you would have to press the mode button to, you know, for like, I guess like street fighter. If you had a three button, you would, I guess, yeah, I think you would have to press the mode button in order to, to get to the other, um, to the other moves. Um, but yeah, man, there, I guess I don't really have a, re- a great answer at the moment, but I know there are some games that would actually benefit from, from having like a, a, uh, a six button layout instead of a three button, you know, especially the fighting games. Those are, I mean, I think they're almost necessary mm-hmm. uh, to have a, a, a six button for, um, but yeah, man, uh, but if you, if you're, if you're stuck with a three button, on a fighting game, yeah, you're gonna have to be pressing that mode button, man. <laughs> to get to, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be your best friend, no doubt. All right, uh, I think we've reached the the end of our interview here. Is there anything coming in, coming up for your channel that you can maybe clue listeners on that you're working on? If you'd like to share that, or anything that you want to plug besides your your YouTube channel. Um. Well. Uh, I guess the only thing I can really say is that uh, I'm working on a 
a, uh, a Xeno Crisis uh, video that's coming up. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, finally gonna finish that up. It, it's been in the in the log for a while, and I got I got some more Mega Drive videos coming along, and I also have another main profile coming out soon. Nice. So be on the lookout for that. Very cool. nice. I know our arcade games are the best, man. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, we're excited for nice. that. All right. Well, that's been another Drunk Friend podcast. Be sure to check out polykill.com to find more podcasts like this one. I'm going to plug a little bit. More podcasts like the Polykill podcast, where my pal Jake and I have a lot of fun chatting about the games we're playing, and we try to make it pretty fun. Uh, that's a two-time Cartridge Club Podcast of the Year award-winning show, so please check that what? out. And once again, reach out to us at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. You can drop us a line, ask a question to be read on the show, or just anything. If you'd simply like to help out the show, remember to rate and review us wherever you listen. We're on Twitter as well. I'm at TravPlaysGames. Alex is, of course, at SNESDrunk. And Mega Drive Profile is at Mega Drive Pro. And as always, we want to give a shout-out to Coolor for the podcast music. The song you heard is called Electric Star Bounce. And you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. That's right. Be sure to catch us all on YouTube. And thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. Cheers! Cheers!